I always count it a miracle that people come to church on Ash Wednesday. Who among us likes to hear that they're sinners? Who among us like to be reminded that you're going to die? It's not a fun thing. I don't know anyone who enjoys it. So I count it a miracle that people come to church on Ash Wednesday. As I said before, it's changed a lot in my life. It went from just the good Catholics who observed it to now. Uh, even Protestants will walk around with a cross on their forehead. And even though it's becoming a little more ubiquitous, it's funny to me. I, I've had this cross on my forehead all day, and I've been out in public. I've been to a lot of places, and I get the strangest looks from people when they see something. I mean, a lot of people, well-meaning people will say, hey, do you know you have something on your forehead? <laughs> Somebody today even said, is there a T on your forehead? Yeah, it's a T. It's a T for Taylor, you know? <laughs> There's something strange about Ash Wednesday. It requires truly faithful people to observe it because in this moment, in a service like this, we confront the real condition of our condition. We are people who like to hear about grace, but this is the one time of the year that instead of hearing about grace, we might hear about judgment. Instead of hearing about resurrection, we hear about sin. It's a hard day to be a Christian, Ash Wednesday. Because here tonight, if you hear anything other than the fact that you are dust and to dust you shall return, I hope you hear this. You and me, we're sinners. Or to be a little more specific and a little more on the nose for the United Methodist Church these days, you and me, we're all incompatible with Christian teaching. The heart of Ash Wednesday is a declaration that we have rebelled against God. It's why we read from the likes of the prophet Isaiah. Announce to the people their sins. I don't know about you, but I don't want anybody to tell me about my own sins. Let alone someone wearing a long black dress. There's nothing fun about hearing how bad we are. And more often than not, when our sinfulness does get addressed, when it's proclaimed to us, it's usually about our failure to do something. Whether we hear it from a pastor or on the radio or in our own inner monologue, we imagine we are sinners because we're just not doing enough. We're not striving enough. We're not doing enough. We're not changing the world. We're not transforming the world. We'll confront the reality of poverty in our neighborhood. And we feel like, ah, I could be doing so much more. Or we discover the injustices committed against people both inside and outside the church. And we think, gosh, I haven't done my fair share. We turn on the news and we discover another tragedy and we wonder, if I had been there, could I have done something about it? And then we have a day like today, a day when we are expected to confess, to apologize, to express remorse, to embody repentance for all that we have failed to do. And yet, even if we are in a place to hear about our failures, we are so quick to rationalize them. Most of us are perpetually rearranging reality to conform to our own ideals about how the world is supposed to work. We lie to ourselves. We lie to the people who love us and that we love all the time. Yet we do every so often. We have opportunities. They are few and far between these days to see who we really are. Maybe it's during an Ash Wednesday service or a cutting accusation from a friend, or a probing question from our spouse, or our child, or our parent. And when that happens, we don't like what we see in the mirror. And so we deny the truth. We've become really good at it. 
And we deny responsibility with every shrug of our shoulders when we hear about another politician failing to do his or her job. We deny uh, with every advertisement on TV and every pill that we receive from the pharmacy. We deny the fundamental reality about who we are by filling our lives with stuff that we think if we do this, it will make us better. But most of those things are empty gestures. They are postures of supposed solidarity that often amount to little more than changing our Facebook status or recommending a good book to somebody. Ash Wednesday, it compels us, it begs us, it forces us to dispense of our denials and to realize the condition of our condition. Ash Wednesday, at its best and at its worst, it disturbs the peace that we worked so hard to believe is true. We don't even need to parade out the overwhelming examples of sin from our personal lives or even our collective lives. We need not look too far into our own souls to see that there's probably more darkness than light. We need not pretend the church is a a perfect thing when we spend $3.5 million at a conference arguing about who to exclude from ministry and who to exclude from marriage. There's a reason that Ash Wednesday is one of the least attended worship services of the year. Because in it, we acknowledge and we have to confront the truth that God has a pretty good case against us. That we really are pretty miserable creatures. That we have to throw ourselves upon God's mercy, knowing full and well that we do not deserve it. That's not fun. It's not something that we enjoy doing. So most of us, we respond to this great gulf between God's goodness and our own sinfulness by trying to do something to make God forgive us. We fall back on something like the law, hoping that so long as we follow all the laws in the Bible, that it will redeem us, that it will make us whole, that it will give us the right standing before the one who will show us mercy. And then we even lob charges against other people for their own failures because it makes us feel better about our own. I know none of you have ever done that before. Ever. It's when uh, your spouse finds out you did something and you say, yeah, but, but I didn't do what that person did. You know, what that guy did to his wife is so much worse than what I did to you. That son, what he did to his mother is so much worse than what I did. We try to rationalize by putting it on somebody else. We hold up the law like it's the most important thing in the world. But the law, it demands everything from us and gives us nothing. It is the gospel that demands nothing from us but gives us everything. That is the crux of this bizarre thing we do as disciples of Jesus Christ. We gather, we listen, and faintly begin to grasp that there is quite literally nothing that we can do to get God to love us more. There's nothing. There's nothing. We look deeply in our own sins. We look at the sins of the church. We look at the sins of the world. And we inexplicably come into contact with a God who extends mercy to us even in the midst of our failure. While we were sinners. Not after we were sinners. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. And yet it is given to us. Today is the beginning of a season in which we are reminded of the new thing that God did and God is doing in Jesus. 
During these Lenten days from now until Easter, we need not surround ourselves with excuses or denials. We need not lie to ourselves and one another. We need not live our lives as if everything is on us. The judged judge has already come to stand in our place. So to borrow the language from Isaiah, it's not us, it's not our responsibility, it's Jesus who breaks the yoke of sin and sets us free. It's Jesus who shares the bread of life, his own body, with people like you and me who are hungry for something more. It's Jesus. Jesus who provides a new home to people like you and me who are once far off, who have now been found. Jesus is the one who covers us with the waters of baptism so that we will no longer be ashamed of who we are. It's Jesus who answers our cry for help and says, here I am. Ash Wednesday, it can be a day for us to wallow in the truth that none of us make it out of life alive. It can be a time for us to confront our finitude, our fragility. We can hear the words as others have. As the ashes are imposed on our foreheads that we are dust. To dust we shall return. We can start imagining all the new things we should start doing in our life. Ash Wednesday is also a reminder that all of those things we do All of our so-called work toward righteousness, it counts for nothing. It earns us nothing. It grants us nothing. God is not the great ledger keeper up in the sky waiting to see if we get enough check marks to make it to our heavenly reward. God is instead the one who condescends to our miserable lives who draws into himself the hostility of sin in the person of Jesus, who ascends onto the hard wood of the cross in response to the hatred of humanity, and who triumphantly proclaims through the empty tomb that you and me, we will never, ever be defined by our sins. We are more than our sins. We are defined by more than our sins. There is only one thing that defines us, and that's Jesus. We offer this to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever.